honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So I guess we'll start by just, if you just want to introduce yourself, kind of give your day-to-day what you do, that sort of thing. Of course. Um, So my name is Patrick Carn. I'm the uh, director of social media at G Fuel LLC, better known as G Fuel Energy. Um, I say day-to-day, my responsibilities have actually evolved and changed a little bit over time. Uh, I was brought on about four years ago as just an entry-level social media coordinator, Um, At that point in time, my main responsibilities were essentially just to monitor our social media platforms, which uh, encompass Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, a few others. Um, It wasn't really so much me posting much. It was more so just monitoring things or applying to people. So it was just the very basics of social media. Um, And as the the months progressed, I began to become uh, more obviously in tune with the company and what the company's all about. Uh, the products, the ins and outs and everything, um, getting to know the community better. And with that, um, my abilities expanded. Um, I obviously have a background in marketing and advertising. I went to school for four years um, to get my bachelor's. Um, so it definitely helped me to to have a nice foundation to work off of. Um, but a lot of the times when it comes to social media, it's mostly trial and error. Um, there's a lot of things that schooling and an education really won't teach you. Um, a lot of the things you learn are just hands-on and really getting into it and uh, with the G Fuel community, luckily, um, it's blossomed into something really special, um, and it's a very interactive and enthusiastic community, so it makes my job easy. Yeah. Um, it would be difficult if it's a, a product or a brand or a segment that doesn't really consist of people who are so active on social media, but our community, because of the demographic, um, you know, it's mostly teenagers to, you know, 30-year-old somethings. These people are very tech-savvy. They're very active on social media. Uh, they know uh, all about Twitter, uh, Twitter especially. It's a nonstop yeah. platform, and it's really our bread and butter, and it's what gives us the ability to connect with people. Um, because G Fuel is a direct-to-consumer product, uh, and we don't uh, live in stores just yet, uh, we rely on that connection on social media to really create a bridge between us, our customers, our fans, our influencers. Um, and over the years, um, I've really expanded my abilities in all those regards, uh, our ability to connect with these people and to have a really unique voice, um, a really a really unique brand and a product. Um, we, we live in a segment that's very much uh, enamored with gaming and video game culture and, um, and things of that nature. And these people are very difficult to connect with organically. There's a lot of bigger brands than us um, that live in the same space, but they have a lot of difficulty organically reaching these people um and a lot of their efforts you can tell that they're artificial um especially when it comes to influencer relationships um that's something that we also live and breathe on um our ability to basically sign an influencer um give a code uh to them that they promote um it's a very basic form of of uh marketing and selling but with that, you need to have that organicness and the believability. Um, 
And no relationship can work if one side just doesn't even believe in the product or doesn't actually use it. So before we even sign anyone, before anyone comes on board with us, uh, whether it be a partner or a corporate partner, an influencer, whatever the case is, we make sure that they like the product first so that it's a very believable relationship because there's nothing worse than seeing someone pushing a product and you can tell they're just getting a paycheck at the end of the day and they don't actually believe in the product or even use it. Every person that we sponsor, PewDiePie is a perfect example. PewDiePie is the biggest YouTuber in the world that we just yeah. picked up. Um, he literally drinks this stuff every day. He eats it. He shows yeah. it in every one. Every, he features it somehow and integrates it somehow into every other upload at this point. Um, so that's a perfect example of us signing someone that actually likes us, that actually likes to use the product. Um, whereas other companies, I'm not going to name any names, but you can tell when they just give someone a paycheck at the end of the yeah. day. And there's nothing more to it than that. They don't ask for actual deliverables. They don't ask that the person shout them out or have any other integration beyond just here's some product, put it behind you when you're streaming or when you're playing video games, and that's it. We're a lot more hands-on with all of our relationships, whether it be with our partners, our fans, or our customers. And that um, that attachment that we have is, is such a cornerstone of everything that we do. Um, and it's something that any business, no matter what, category you're in or whatever niche you're in, that's something that you cannot take for granted, that connection that you have with your customers and your fans. And even as we get bigger and more well-known, and now that we're on the cusp of coming out with a ready-to-drink can, um, we can't lose sight of that organicness and that humbleness that makes us so special um, because it's very easy to lose sight of it. Once you start experiencing some real success and once your name starts getting out there and once your brand starts expanding, it's very easy to fall into the trap of almost becoming too conceited, too cocky for your own good. And that's when you start making mistakes and that's when you lose the identity that got you to where you are. The big thing is never forgetting where you came from. And I feel like that's something that we do very well. And um, the more uh, eyes we have on us, it, the more uh, pressure we have to just maintain that because like I said, it's just very easy to, to lose yourself when you start experiencing growth and success. Um, and it's happened to a lot of companies where they just start expanding, hiring more people, getting more inventory. And next thing you know, you're too big for your own good and you can't sustain yourself. So that's something that we, um, luckily we're not going to fall into that trap. I, I kind of want to cut into how have you gone about creating that kind of community? Like obviously like G Field Gamma Labs has a huge community that is a big reason why I love the brand so much personally, even outside of just being a part of it. But how have you gone about creating that culture and creating that voice, that company voice? Because you're influencing and you're dealing with literally millions of people on between all of your social media platforms. So how have you created that voice and maintained it as games have changed, times have changed? Yeah, so when I was brought on to the company in uh, 2015 at this point, um, the company had somewhat of a voice, but it wasn't very definable. Um, we had an image. And in 2014, G Fuel at that point had only existed for two years. And it wasn't nearly as big as it is now, obviously. And in 2014, when I was brought on Gamma Labs and Gamma Gamers, mm -hmm. which it was then called Gamma Gamers, were actually bigger accounts than G Fuel. G Fuel is just the flagship product. Gamma Labs was at that time the parent company. Right. Gamma Labs is the company that makes G Fuel and Gamma Gamers was kind of the gaming segment umbrella under the umbrella it's just the gaming uh kind of centric account that just focuses on gaming right? and stuff like that yeah and actually it's it's funny because on facebook in particular gamma gamers was the first facebook page that was created it was created before i started the company and it had 
more followers than Gamble Ads and Gfuel combined, and mm -hmm. it, it was just basically a meme page. <laughs> so at, when I joined the company, Gfuel was somewhat successful and it was somewhat known in the category of gaming. Gamers were using it, but it was not anything close to as big as it is now. Uh, a good measure of that is when I joined, uh, the Instagram account for Gfuel, for example, I think had less than 20,000 followers. For reference, we now have 1.8 million followers on Instagram. And I'm not uh, going to accredit that to my own self and my own voice and everything I've done because it's obviously a team effort and none of it would be possible without our influencers, without the products that we make, without uh, my teammates, without any of that. None of the growth would ever be possible. But when I was brought on, I was tasked with obviously monitoring things, replying to people, um, and slowly but surely I started actually posting things. And I have my own unique sense of humor, my mm -hmm. own unique sense of wit and sarcasm. And uh, the one ability that I've always had that I'm not sure you can actually teach is the ability to understand the voice of the audience that you are selling to. And our audience in particular skews generally male um, I'd say 14 to 25 years old. So these people have a certain voice and a certain sense of humor. They like meme culture. They like video games. They like tech. They like, uh, they like things that are a little edgier, yeah. kind of like a, re a Reddit subculture kind of category. Um, so if you're going to market to these people in a believable way and push them on a product and make them like it, you have to speak to them in a voice that they're accustomed to. So that's why a lot of the things that we post on all of our platforms, they borderline meme culture a lot of the time. And they have a bit of like that edge, even in the vernacular that I use for the con for the, for the captions and the images right. themselves, it needs to have that edge in order to capture the attention of these people. Um, so how have you yeah, gone from taking your four years of, of college, right? Which is very kind of essentially by the book in most cases and gone yeah. and molded that with what is that age culture, a very guerrilla style of marketing? Yeah, so uh, obviously if you take marketing classes in college, um, there's multiple courses that you could take uh, that have to do with copywriting and advertising and understanding demographics and geographics and all these subsets when you're trying to market an idea or a product, whether it be intangible or tangible, whatever the case is, you need to understand that the people you are attempting to sell to, you need to put yourself in their shoes. And I feel like, um, some of our competitors who are much bigger than us, um, the issue that they keep having is that uh, I'm not sure if it's a hiring issue, but their marketing divisions, they seem to not understand the voice of these people that they're selling to. These people can detect phoniness. They can detect when you're not organically uh, selling to them and you're not even a person that's in their shoes. The best thing you could do is, is hire someone that is literally the demographic you're trying to sell to. The worst thing you could do is is hire someone who's in a completely different age bracket than the age bracket you're selling to because that person has no idea of the interests or like I said the vernacular the mannerisms the general behaviors and attitudes and the beliefs that the, the demographic group you're selling to has so you need to put yourself in the shoes of the person you're selling to that's like when it comes down to and once I started getting a hold of like the, the example I use is, uh, is our Twitter because it's nonstop Right. So Twitter obviously is a little different than the other platforms in that it's nonstop and you can almost post as much as you want to without really annoying anyone. Um, and Twitter is the perfect platform to express that meme kind of subreddit uh, edgy yeah. voice, if, um, if, you, if you will. 
Um, a perfect example of a company that has always done that and is very well known for doing it is Wendy's. Yep. They're an account that wrote that roasts people. They're sarcastic. They even call out other companies when they feel like it. Um, not that I based my own uh, replies and behaviors on Twitter on their behaviors, but um, they're a good example of an established company that has always done it and it's proven to be successful and it's given them a unique look, a unique voice, and people will actually go to Wendy's to buy a hamburger instead of McDonald's because they like the voice on Twitter. Just like people might go to us to buy an energy drink instead of Red Bull because Red Bull isn't nearly as edgy. They just post, you know, action sports all day. Um, and that that's a, a huge advantage for us is that we are very much living in a niche category. Um, and we're in a category that's very difficult to penetrate. Um, and I'm not saying it was luck. But the fact that we uh, were born in the category and grew up in the category of, of gaming and esports, and it's one of the fastest growing industries in the world, right. yeah. uh, Fort, Fortnite's a perfect um, uh, microcosm of this mm -hmm. growth. When you look at Fortnite, Epic Games was able to produce over a billion dollars in revenue this past year. Um, For a free game. <laughs> that in itself is a perfect um, is a perfect microcosm of what's happening in the grand scheme of things in esports and gaming. And we happen to be a product and a brand that lives in the epicenter of it. And with our unique voice, our unique, our unique look, our products um, themselves, the fact that our products very much look different than what people were accustomed to seeing. You know, in 2012, when we came to market with a tub with a scooper in it that looks like a pre-workout, it's something that not a lot of people were accustomed to seeing. It looks nothing like a can. It looks right. nothing like a ready-to-drink. doesn't look like soda. It doesn't taste like it. It's got better ingredients. It's more effective. It lasts longer. It's cheaper. Um, and we have a ton of flavors at this point. And it's a very unique look. Um, and with a, when, when it's paired with a company with a unique voice mm -hmm. um, that understands everything, what's going on within the segment, it's um, a very good recipe. Um, and a lot of other companies have tried to duplicate it. Uh, since 2012, obviously, there's been knockoffs coming out left and right. Um, we notice all of them. It's not like we're uh, we're blind to it, but we're it, we're carving our own path um, and we're in our own lane and we're not worried about what anyone else is doing. Um, obviously, the fact that we came to market with a ready to drink almost to an extent defies what we what we once stood for, and that will never be a can. We'll never be you know we'll never succumb to that sort of market pressure where we see Monster, Red Bull, Rockstar. Game Fuel, these other companies right. having success in those categories, but we realized they're doing it for a reason because it's successful. Red Bull yeah. is one of the most well-known beverages in the world, one of the most iconic logos, colorways. When you see it, you know what it is. Um, but we thought to ourselves, you know what? We can do it, and we can do it better. Um, we don't have to sacrifice ingredients. We don't have to sacrifice quality or our own morals or our own ethics just because we're going in a can, we can still do everything we're currently doing and also be in a can and do it better than these other guys. Yeah. Um, and that was the reasoning for us making that leap to the RTD. And I can't disclose too much information about it because it's not going to be released till the summer, but right. um, we're all just very excited about that next chapter for ourselves. And we're very confident that with all of our existing branding, our existing audience, our, our grip that we have on this category that's extremely difficult to penetrate, coming to market with something that's very accessible and it's recognizable. When you see a can and it's an energy drink, you know that that's what it is. You know right. that you just crack it open, you drink it, it's going to give you energy. A tub, the disadvantage that we've always had is it takes explaining. When you see a tub like this, unless you know what, unless you know what this is, unless you know what G Fuel is, if you took right. this off, you would probably assume it's either a pre-workout or maybe Kool-Aid. 
Um, So this product in itself takes explaining. And when you have to explain something to someone, um, that in itself, you can lose the sale because you're explaining something to someone that's a novel idea. But when you put a can in front of someone, it's something that they're very accustomed to seeing. It takes hardly any explaining. They see it. If they're gravitate, if they gravitate towards the name or the look or the colors or just the ingredients they see, odds are they're going to buy it. Um, And now we're that close to being in that position. And um, we're extremely confident that it's going to take us into the next uh, category of of success. Um, But like I said, the the number one thing that we always have to just observe is, is humbleness and understanding our roots and not losing sight of the, the things that make us special. And um, I've touched on it before, but I think there's no doubt that the thing that makes us the most special is the sense of community that we have and that we've been able to foster uh, over the course of, uh, well, since I've been here four years. Um, It's just been really nice to observe all the growth and every day just logging onto social media and seeing how excited people get about our products. Um, You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's just a tub with powder in it. Um, and our cups that people drink out of, it's just a plastic cup with a logo on it. But when people see uh, a new cup or a new tub or a new flavor or a new influencer that we sign, everyone I, I gets so excited. I got the new one going. I got the new. Yeah. So. And uh, it's not that the products in themselves are dumb, but creating excitement and creating enthusiasm, it, it starts from the, the community. Yeah. Uh, a person can't get excited about a product unless other people are excited about it. So it's just, it causes a chain reaction of emotions. When you see more and more people getting excited about something or more and more people signing their name on something, when you see G Fuel's name plastered everywhere, when you see us sign PewDiePie, when you see us sign Dr. Disrespect, Roman Atwood, Keemstar, yeah. when you see our name on all these big names, you have to think to yourself, man, these guys must be doing something right because everyone wants to work with them and all these other competitors are trying to be them. Um, so we, I feel like we have, uh, we're just working with a very nice foundation and we have a lot of ingredients that are going to just lead us to an ultimate recipe of success. And everyone has different recipes for success. Everyone has a different vision of success, but for us and for me personally, I think our vision of success is just delivering a premium product to a premium community. We realize that this is a community that deserves a good product, not just a can with some sugar and artificial additives in it and some logo slapped on it because that's the lazy route and that's cutting corners and that's being cheap. And that's something we've never been. Um, and at the end of the day, people can detect that. Um, so I, I think that kind of sums it up for the most part. Absolutely. I know you got to head out soon. So I'll just ask you one final question. This is called the strange on purpose podcast. So what makes you strange on purpose? Strange on purpose. Um, another way we phrase it is what about you goes against the grain? I'd say despite me being a social media director, I'm not naturally a very social person. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, be so, uh, to be a social media manager or to be a social media coordinator, um, to be involved in an industry where it takes being social and being extroverted, I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm not shy by any means, but I almost prefer to keep to myself. Um, I've stopped going to events, not because... Uh, I don't like our company or because I don't want to go to trade shows or anything. I just prefer to kind of work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I just like to see my work and my, uh, my ethic and everything being reflected in what the business is doing. I don't need myself to be plastered everywhere. I don't need my name anywhere. I don't want to see my face on like (laughs) any kind of 
email list or anything, you know, I write, right. I write all of our, our emails and everything. And I've had the opportunity a few times to actually uh, boast about my own self in the emails, but I don't like to do that. I like just my work to speak for itself. And I've always been a firm believer in that good work always goes noticed. Um, yeah. And that if you do the right thing and you work hard, um, good things will come to you. And if um, you create good energy, you'll receive good energy, uh, pun intended. Perfect. I appreciate your time. Mad respect. Thank you for everything that you do for the community for just inspiring those around you. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Eric.